0: Friday, October 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, it's a, a late night edition of the podcast <laughs> today as uh, we, we had a little late start with Chris Antonetti's availability uh, off of uh, the Indians making decisions on some contract options. So, yeah, the big news uh, coming out of this is that they are going to pick up Roberto Perez's option for $5.5 million uh, and then turn down options for Brad Hand. Uh, Carlos Santana and Domingo Santana.
1: Yeah, no surprises there, Joe. I guess, uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the Perez, you know, picking up uh, Perez's option was a little bit of a surprise because, you know, if you see what's going on around baseball, a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, those kind of options were not picked up. But I think it's an indication of what they – how they feel uh, Perez affects the uh, pitching staff and, um, you know, the, just the importance – they feel that he, you know, gives that pitching staff, and obviously that's going to be the strength of this team.
0: Yeah, it would have – the optics would have definitely been bad uh, with Roberto Perez winning a a Fielding Bible Award as the best defensive catcher in baseball yesterday, uh, likely to next week, uh, at least if not win, finish very highly in the Wilson Defensive uh, Player of the Year Awards and uh, uh, the uh, Rawlings Gold Glove Awards as well. Uh, he's, he's very highly regarded, not just by this team anymore, but by experts around the league for his defensive, uh, you know, play. And one of the points that was brought up to, to Antonetti was, you know, his offense had started to come around when he was healthy. Uh, this season wasn't the case. He, he, he really didn't, wasn't productive at all. He missed 17 games with that shoulder strain, and then things didn't get right. Uh, what do we know about Roberto Perez's shoulder going back into next season?
1: Yeah, he hurt that shoulder on opening day when he made that au- awkward throw to uh, first base and really never, he recovered throwing-wise, but not hitting-wise. Uh, and uh, we, we asked, Chris Antonetti was asked about that tonight, and he said, you know, he's, he's fully recovered and well into his off-season training uh, program, so that's good news. Uh, you know, I don't think Perez is ever going to be Johnny Bench when, when it comes <laughs> to, you know, driving to baseball, but... You know, if you could get a, a season like he did in 2019, you know, some facsimile of that, you know, you can live with that. You know, what, what I think 16 home runs. I don't know. I, well, well, maybe it was, I, I can't remember, but, he, you know, he drove the ball. He hit like 230. drove in, you know, 40, 60 runs combined with his defense. You can live with that. Right.
0: Uh, and, and a point that you made you brought up uh, earlier on uh, was just the, his value to this young pitching staff. Uh, guys like Shane Bieber, uh, guys like Zach Plesac and, and Aaron Savali, uh, this is a, a great resource for them and, and sort of a calming effect for guys like that when they uh, go out there to make those, you know, their, their big league debuts, their, their biggest starts of their careers so far have had Roberto Perez behind the plate. Uh, it, it's got to be reassuring for a young pitching staff like that to be able to bring a a guy like Perez back the the way that he, uh, you know, Tito always says the way he cares about the pitchers and getting them through their innings. uh, I think that's a a major factor in why they're, they're exercising this option. And even though it it, it could, you know, limit them a little bit uh, spending wise, I I think uh, even the $5.5 million is, is still a, a lot of money for a team that's in a financial situation that the Indians are.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be spending much on the free agent market, Joe. I think this is, you know, what you see is what you're going to get here. And they're going to, you know, bargain basement, shop. Uh, maybe they'll bring some people. There. Obviously, if they trade Lindor, you know, they'll bring some people back that way. But uh, they're, they are not going to be big players on the free agent market. So, could, you know, they're going to have be,
0: to...
1: Could this be another season where it
0: gets late into, uh, like, some sometime into March before we we see – what, where, these, where guys are going to be falling, that, uh, guys that have had their, their options declined, and it happened all over baseball today. We saw it, multiple teams declining these, these options. Is it going to be late into March before we see where these guys end up because they're, they're expecting to get paid one thing, but those offers aren't going to be out there?
1: Yeah, I think so, Joe. This is going to be not a nuclear winner, but it's going to be a winner just like the last two or three for free agents uh, and maybe free agents of all kinds right now, Uh, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, the, the top players, you know, are the guys you know, Springer, George Springer, and those guys are going to get paid, but the top free agents, but, you know, some guys are going to, you know, they might even feel the pinch. And I don't know how many $300 million contracts are going to be given out this winter, just, you know, taking into, you know, taking into account, just saw how much money the the teams have lost over this season.
0: Well, and, you know, we talked about Trevor Bauer. He's right now probably the the leading number one free agent out there on the market uh, in terms of value and and what he should be paid. Uh, And we talked about his philosophy of only signing, possibly only signing one year deals. Is this a year where maybe that might work out for him if he can get, uh, you know, between 25 and $35 million, somewhere in that range. For, for one season, it might be the only time he can do something like that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> Trevor has said, you know, all along that he wants to play a year at a time, go a year at a time. Uh, I think there has been some talk that, he, you know, he'd consider a multi-year deal now. But, uh, you know, this might be the year where you take take one year and then kind of recoup and uh, go back on the market again after uh, the 2021 season. All right. Uh, so among the
0: options that the Indians declined, uh, $10 million to Brad Hand. Uh, and this is a guy who you know, finished as uh, one of the top three relievers in, in all of baseball. He was the, the best closer, didn't, didn't blow a save all year, uh, had the most saves, and uh, I believe a, a, a whip that was like 0.7, something, something in that uh, range. Uh, just very, very solid year for Brad Hand. Didn't get it done in the playoffs, but uh, $10 million, obviously, a luxury the Indians couldn't afford uh, for a closer.
1: Yeah, you know, and and based on his numbers, uh, I guess if you, you know, stretch him out over 162 games, he would have had a great season. Wow, yeah, that's a career year if you, if you do yeah, that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, $10 million, you know, that's a bargain right there, you know, you know, traditionally, but tradition is, 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 is long gone in this uh, market. Uh, you know, this guy – in in two and a half seasons with the Indians, hand two point seven eight ERA, uh, average thirteen uh, strikeouts and uh, two point nine walks over nine innings, fifty eight saves, uh, finished uh, eighty six games. I mean, you know this guy. You know I know he took he took his shots, he took his criticism, but you know, he performed for the Indians.
0: Will will somebody out there pay Brad Hand ten million dollars next year, or will he have to settle for? significantly less uh will he get a multi-year deal do you you think that's out there and is he a closer for another team or is he a a a late inning setup guy because he's also he's he's also performed in both roles
1: yeah that's a great point I think uh you know I don't you know I haven't looked at what closers are on the market right now specifically but you know he could be a guy that sets the uh um, you know, he, he you know he doesn't throw. He's he's kind of atypical of uh, the closers right now. The young closers and most of the closers that throw 99. he 90, 90, doesn't have that big velocity. So that might you know that could affect his value.
0: Yeah, I I could definitely see him being a setup man somewhere else, uh, or you know, still making a, a decent uh, salary, but but not being paid the top end closer money. And, and having all that pressure I think he would perform pretty nicely in that role uh, you know I, I could I could have seen that happening uh, maybe him going to a team like the, the Astros or something as, as a possibility if they're going to be a, a contender next year uh, also we, we that you know before we get to Carlos Santana I want to talk just Carlos uh, or I'm sorry um, Domingo Santana uh, he had a $5 million option. That was kind of sneaky one. It was, uh, you know, kind of went unnoticed when he signed for this season. They DFA'd him, but they, they still could have picked up that option this year, $5 million if they had wanted to. But there was no way they were going to once they uh, designated Santana during the season.
1: Yeah, he would just, uh, you know, Domingo just never found a groove. You know, even in spring training, he just, he just never got locked in. You know, we would see flashes of that power. And, uh, but there was very, very little consistency. Um, And, uh, you know, he just was, you know, he was, he was a long shot, you know, a shot in the dark that kind of missed. And uh, hopefully he gets, you know, he'll be one of those guys again. I don't know if he's going to get a guaranteed contract. He'll be a a guy like he's going to have to go to camp on a minor league deal and make good. Right.
0: Yeah. That, that contract, when they signed it back in March, when they brought him in, and, and they said, okay, well, here's, a, you know, a, a million, 1.25 this year. Uh, if uh, if if he outperforms that contract, I think that's what they were going for, trying to see if he would outperform that contract. And then a, a $5 million option would have been a no-brainer if he had hit, you know, 20, 25 home runs during the season. But, you know, that didn't happen. So, uh, you know, uh, an easy decision there with, with um, Domingo Santana. Uh, and that brings us to Carlos Santana, probably one of the, the, the tougher, more emotional decisions they had to make. But the, the business decision, the right decision, and pretty much an easy decision was to turn down $17.5 million for Santana. Uh, and, and just as a reminder, that's not a contract that the Indians signed him to. That was the contract that the Phillies signed him to, three years, $20 million, that uh, you know, stuck with him, that option stuck with him when he was traded to Seattle and then back to Cleveland. Uh, So really the the Indians front office was not uh, beholden to that, that negotiation. They didn't sit across from the table at the time three years ago and look at Santana and say, Hey, when this option comes up, don't worry, we'll pick it up. You know, we know that you're good for it. Uh, This was more a, a situation of this is somebody else's contract and the Indians, you know, weren't sort of held to that in the, in the, uh, you know, estimation of the, the player or the agent.
1: Yeah, I think so, Joe. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, Santana, is, he's been, it seems like he's been around forever, you know, and he has. I mean, 10 years in the big leagues, that's saying something. And uh, all, you know, not every every year, but one of those has been with the Indians, you know, so he's been here a long time. He's, you know, up, he's crept up in the home run totals, the walk totals. Uh, you know, he, he's been a solid, solid pro and. He just uh, he just didn't have it this year. He just what hit one ninety nine. He was one of those guys that I think the sixty game sprint really you know did some stuff to his head. And and he is you know he's thirty three, uh, so you've got to wonder you know has it caught up to him? This guy plays every day, never takes a day off, and eventually you're you know you nobody's Superman.
0: Right. He didn't have Tito's bald head to uh, kiss before yeah. every game in the dugout. Uh, this year, which you wouldn't have been able to do anyways with the with the protocols. So uh, yeah, so really, it sort of shook out contract uh, options wise the way we anticipated it would. Uh, Roberto Perez coming back a, a you know a, a positive maybe maybe a, a bit of a positive sign about finances. Maybe it won't be as you know completely terrible as as Chris Antonetti's you know earlier remarks made it seem. So, who knows, moving forward. Uh, but, you know, we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we we got everything. All, all the ducks are in a row now in terms of free agency and who's out there. And and now the Indians can sort of move forward and set their their agenda for the season in terms of where they need to address uh, holes and, and how they can fill them uh, between now and the opening of spring training.
1: Yeah, Joe. I mean, and obviously they have some holes. <laughs>
0: I think they're going to need
1: some. They're going to need some help in the outfield. They've got to. They've got to settle that thing. And you know, you're going to have to get go to work in the bullpen again. Kind of turn that over a little bit, and uh, you know, find out uh, the rotation who who fits where in that rotation.
0: Right. They're uh, they're young in the bullpen, but there were some some guys that stepped in and and, and did the job a, a little bit. Uh, you got to like Phil Maton. You got to like Cam Hill. From what you saw from them, you just need to see more of it. You need to see. Uh, uh, enough of it over a, a long period. Uh, as far as the outfield goes, that brings us to Nolan Jones and uh, sort of a surprise. Antonetti said that Jones only got about 35 plate appearances out in the, uh, the instructional league, but he's out there focusing on athleticism and versatility, which sort of leads me to believe that Nolan Jones has a pretty good shot at some point during next season, probably not out the gate, but at some point next season, we're probably going to see Nolan Jones in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, Joe, he, uh, they pretty much said, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ramirez, Jose Ramirez is going to stay at third base that he's there. So, you know, uh, Nolan Jones is going to have to move. He's going to have to either play the outfield. And I think he was working out there in, in Goodyear or maybe some first base. Uh, he's a big guy. Uh, and um, who knows? I, but, you know, I think, you uh, it seems like he's willing to move, and uh, Antonetti said he was athletic enough to uh, make the move. So, uh,
0: hey, he said he said he's a hockey, a former hockey player. That's what he liked about him. Athletic, all the the hockey players are the ones that can play anywhere, right? Those those, those guys, they love contact and they're quick. So, uh, <laughs> let's see if you can muck it up in the corner, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Uh, but that could be interesting. You, you, you definitely won't see him break camp with this club. I, I, I can't imagine that that to be the case unless he he hits his way onto the club. But I could see him, you know, sometime in May coming up and yeah. you know, finding a spot maybe in the outfield. He could be like an Oscar Mercado, you know,
1: two years right. ago. Right, like exactly. That, that kind
0: of thing. Well, let's hope he, he winds up just like an Oscar Mercado because it, it, I think the Indians would take those numbers uh, for Mercado's rookie season. Uh, the other big news, I guess, uh, for the AL Central and for the Indians, um, the hiring of the two vacancies in the managerial ranks in Chicago and Detroit. Uh, no surprise that Detroit hired A.J. Hinch. Uh, kind of a giant shocker that the White Sox hired Tony Larusa. <laughs> what was your reaction? Did you think it was uh, 1986 all over again when, when <laughs> you saw the uh, – White Sox hiring Tony La Russa. I, I mean, are you having flashbacks, Aronzi? I don't know. That was,
1: you know, I yeah. with Reinsdorf and uh, La Russa, they have such a great relationship or tight relationship that I guess it didn't surprise me. It, I mean, when you think about it, but it, it still surprised me when you know the guy's seventy-six years old and uh, the third, I think, the third oldest manager ever. I mean, how many so, years is he going to be coach? How many years can you expect him to be in there? I
0: okay. I'll, I'll give you an over under right now. Tony La Russa, years with the, on this contract with the White Sox. One and a half. You taking the over you taking the under?
1: Yeah. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I think Wow.
0: I don't think he I don't
1: think he, he lasts <laughs> a full year. Not even not a not a chance. He was he's not, a he's always crazy. such a uh, uh you know kind of a. Straightforward, straight talker, straight talking guy. I mean, a no nonsense guy. I just wonder how this is going to work with that. With they got a great club, young talent, but how does he uh, relate to those guys? They've got a club with Tim Anderson, who flips a bat every
0: time he hits a home run. You think he's going to last on Tony La russa's, in in Tony La russa's clubhouse? I there. There's no way Tony Larusa is as as. I mean, this is a guy who came out publicly against. Players kneeling at the anthem and and, and and things like that. This is not gonna sit well with a young clubhouse like he's got. I I I can I would love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> for that that first clubhouse meeting. That would be impressive. Uh, it is I I don't know, man. I I just don't see how Tony La Russa is the right fit. This is one of those decisions where it's either gonna look like a genius, like the Dusty Baker decision, you know, he was the right man for that team because they were a veteran team and they they sort of needed that father figure to to bond them and unite them. It's either going to look like a great decision at, at the end of next year, or it's going to look like just a completely terrible decision. And on top of that, you would have missed out on A.J. Hinch.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, LaRusso is an interesting guy. He uh, He's the guy that, you know, kind of invented the one-inning sa- the one inning save with uh, Eckersley. He's a guy that I remember uh, when he was in Oakland, He he was basically a guy that kind of started what um, what uh, uh, Cash is doing now. He had he would divide the games up into three innings. You know, three inning, a three-inning pitcher. This guy goes three innings. That guy goes three innings. He tried to do it. He experimented with that. And, uh, you know, he's he's won. Uh, I just don't know. You know, I mean, you're 76, and you're, the, the pandemic is still going to be going on next year. You're going go go to go through all the protocols. And you're going to take it you're exposing yourself and you know how much, you know, and I think he he's analytically inclined. I, I do. I think uh, to a certain extent, he's been in the front offices, what, for Boston, Arizona, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and it was, uh, there was another, but, you know, so it's going to be interesting, but I, yeah, you, you might be right, Joe. I don't know how, how, how long his shelf life is going to be, but you know, you're going to have to at least give him two or three years. Right. And he, you know, I I don't know. I don't know
0: I don't know, man. I they're they are built to win next year. That club needs is is a, a pitcher a starting pitcher away from being a, a winner next year, and and no excuses about it. So no, I think he gets a year maybe two, and if he's not winning, they bring somebody else in.
1: Yeah, Jack and What he took over the Marlins when he was eighty, right, and oh, led them to the World Series. They beat the Yankees in what two thousand three. So. There's there's a precedent, but I just you know I, I it's just such a such a gamble with such a great club, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it's it, it really is, especially with the candidate that you had out there in AJ Hinch, yeah. who would have been, who would have been the perfect fit for that. Uh, I'm not saying Hinch isn't going to be a good fit in Detroit. I'm sure he will be, but it's going to take longer for him to get to where he, he was with Houston uh, than he, it was it was a a pre made situation for Hinch. In yeah. Chicago, and they didn't even interview him, and that that uh, that uh, blows my mind. So, and Hinch,
1: you know, hit, you know, that that Detroit club, he he's got some work to do. I mean, they're getting better, but you know, that's right. not going to be, you know, that's not going. You're going to flip the switch, and all of a sudden, they're they're winning the AL Central. You, they've got a long way to go. I and so I was, I was, I guess, you know, you got to – Hinch, you know, obviously wanted to get back in the game, but I don't know, could he have? I, I guess you're not going to get, go to Boston. Right no, 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 <laughs> you not probably not would not have been welcomed in Boston. So I guess you got, if you want to get back in the game, you got to take the job and that was the job available. And that, it's got that, some
0: history. That would have been it. If he would have gone to Boston and then Cora would have gone to Detroit, that, that, yeah. that could have solved everybody's problems. All right. Well, uh, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, you know, we, we, it was the news that we had waited all week to, to sort of hear about these, these contract options. So now we, uh, we get to, to set to work uh, looking forward to what the Indians' options are now uh, at first base, what their options are at closer, uh, what their options are uh, in, in the outfield and, and, and all of that. So we'll uh, work through that in, the, in the, the weeks to come. And we've got a whole lot of award season stuff coming up next week. Uh, looking forward to it, right, Hoisey? It's going to be good, Joe. It'll be fun. All right. We'll talk to you again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.